Welcome to Why Not, a podcast by SA Winos for our monthly wine club members. In this season, we're tasting wines from Rhino Run Organic Wines and a special wine from the Van Lufren Estate Heritage Collection. This episode, we're going to be tasting that wine. It is Christina, a Brut Rosé from 2018. This is a traditional champagne-style Brut Rosé that I am excited to learn more about. For that, I'd like to welcome my co-host, Francois, one of the frequent faces you see at the SA Winos Warehouse, located in South Austin. Francois, take it away. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, so um, excited to bring this wine to everybody tonight. Um, what you're really going to see represented here is a traditional champagne style, like you mentioned. Um, it's a wine that, quite frankly, really honestly, if you've been to the warehouse or even just been around SA Winos, it does not need much of an introduction. Um, it tends to be one of our most popular uh, sparklings. We we also have the sister version of this, which is a Chardonnay, 100% Chardonnay based, uh, what traditionally would be a champagne. We, we have to call it MCC, which is Method Cape Classic. Uh, obviously for fairness, you know, we can't call it champagne, but it is made in the champagne style. This is as well. Um, this is a hundred percent Pinot Noir, uh, so it's not uh, not Chardonnay, um, and that that's kind of what gives it its 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 red hue, well, pink hue really. Um, <clears throat> now, a lot of people, and I'm sure some people, you know, don't know this. Other people do know this, uh, but we frequently get kind of asked, "What what is a rosé?" Right, and a traditional rosé is not a blend of red and white wine, okay? And there are rosés out there that do that. That's not rosé. That's more like a cocktail. Um, <clears throat> what what rosé traditionally is, is, well, what rosé is, what it is not is a mix of wine. What it is, is um, a, a grape that is pressed, normally a red grape, can be a pink grape as well like it can be right before it turns red you can do that as well um but traditionally it's a red grape that's ripe that gets pressed juices get extracted and then the skin gets reintroduced to the to the juice for about anywhere from you know 30 minutes to i don't, I don't we don't carry one that's over six hours so I, I don't know there might be some but uh the longer it's introduced to the to the juice the redder it gets okay um, this is a very slight, I, I actually don't know the exact time, but time on skin here, you're probably talking like 30 to 90 minutes, maybe two hours. It's not a long time. Uh, that, that sort of color will, um, will flip over very quickly. So one of the keys to rosé making is honing in that color because the color also imparts tannins and flavors that come from that skin, right? So if you've ever bitten into a grape, you know the bitterness that the skin holds. Um, and that's kind of the key here. They've balanced this so perfectly that you kind of get that, um, the sweetness mixed with, you know, the dryness of a rosé and the satisfaction of the bubbles from a champagne. It's, it really is quite of an, like an in, intense balance in this wine, which is why I really enjoy it and why a lot of our, our um, SA winos enjoy it as well. Yeah, this is a wine that you've shared with uh, myself and my family several times uh, over the years. And again, it's it's like we talked about Pinotage in the last series. It's something that's very unique. To I feel like this is a very unique South African wine. 
Um, and we talked about the Christina and the namesake from Van Lutefren Estates uh, in the last season. So if you haven't listened to season one, uh, go back and listen and uh, catch up on uh, the Van Lutefren Estates uh, history. And uh, Yeah, to your point, right? So I think for Brut Rosés in the States, um, at least a lot of them are sort of like non-naturally carbonated, right? So you get these like big bubbles in them. Um, at least from my experience, right? Like this is a, whatever, $25 retail bottle of rosé. So, um, at that price point, I've always found like kind of this pretend sparkling rosé. So uh, correct me. I mean, you, you, you know, this, uh, better than I do in this case. So, uh, the method Cape classic, um, it's similar to the way champagne is produced and that they have in bottle fermentation or bottle conditioned fermentation, uh, to produce carbonation, correct? Correct. So that typically, uh, the, the same goes from my world and the beer background. Anytime that carbonation is introduced naturally from fermentation, you get a much softer, more rounded carbonation than you do when it's forced, like you were talking about in cheaper, um, more mass-produced wines. Uh, the, the bubbles in there are technically carbonic acid, and carbonic acid yeah. has a very bitter bite, um, whereas this, you don't get any of that. It is like a nice, like flushing like a, a no it just cleanse. settles it settles on the palate mm-hmm. like it, it it you have it you notice it's there and then it's gone yep. you know like I, I really enjoy it and i think to your point earlier bottle conditioning when we say traditional champagne method right and again this is a 25 dollar bottle now think about the effort that goes into this right you do uh skin contact then you drain it right pitch the yeast, you do all that stuff, making wine traditionally, then you bottle it. Then that wine has to go into a cellar uh, for at least a year. So for that year, it it starts off, I believe, every week, and then it kind of starts dwindling down as to how often you rotate it. But um, you, you have to rotate the bottle 180 degrees. Now, if you look at the bottom of your bottle, you'll see there's a notch in it, okay? And that notch is how they know whether or not a bottle's been turned. So notch up, notch down, notch up, notch down. That's how they do it. So 99% of the time, you can tell whether or not something is made in a champagne method by whether or not it has a single notch at the bottom of the bottle because you wouldn't need the notch if you weren't making it, right? Right. Uh, Now, obviously, some people have caught on and they have notches at the bottom of their bottles as well, but... Um, it, it used to be that the notch, well, it's not used to be the notch does in, in traditional champagne making signify, you know, how far you need to turn that bottle, um, within the time period that you're turning. So kind of a fun fact about it, but yeah, champagne yeast, right? So super, um, carbonic, you know, like it's sitting there in that bottle, just, farting all day <laughs> and then that's what we end up tasting here at the end of it and it's it's a really soft bubble which i like um i mean i've had mine poured in this glass since before we started uh so it's been almost 10 minutes and it's still bubbling away mm-hmm. uh in the glass so uh, but it's also once you take that sip the fine bubbles that are on the side of it mm. that kind of stick it's it's quite intense i mean it, it's definitely one of those wines where the more you know about it to look at the price point that it's selling for and what you're tasting. I, I would honestly, if you know of something that's, that's 
it's equal out there, let us know. Well, uh, maybe that's what we need to bring in. Because t- to me, I haven't tasted a wine like this. Well, you're um, talking about tasting point. wine, and to my mm-hmm. knowledge, we haven't tasted it yet. So I think, I think we give in, go, get get in and uh, get ourselves a little taste. You want to talk about uh, uh, our guests that we have with us this on this episode? Yeah, sure. So tonight, as per usual, we've got uh, my wife Christina. Since it is my namesake. Oh my word! <laughs> I named yeah, after you, me. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to have the Christina champagne without Christina in the room. I, it's not even um, spelled the same way, is it? <laughs> it's not. No, it's no. not. <laughs> Brian, come on, man. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Uh, and then we're also joined by my wife Avery this evening as well. Say hi, Avery. Hello. I I like Christina and the wine. Oh, that's yeah. good. See, it's it's a perfect. Uh, do y'all want to, Christina? Do you want to walk through what you're what you're picking up in this wine that uh, that you enjoy, and maybe uh, uh, some of the experience that you've had with this wine before? Sure. Um, I've had a lot of experience with this wine before. I will say that um, I'm a bit of a traditionalist with our sparkling, just any sparkling um, wines, rosés, or um, the cod. What was it? The Cape Cod classics, um, in that I like them as kind of a toasting wine or an aperitif. I don't really enjoy them with food, and I think it's just just the way I was brought up. Um, but I can definitely sit, see this one pairing nicely with seafood or sushi or things like that, even though I don't personally um, – I, that's just not kind of what I do. I would, I would think that it, it does pretty well with those kind of foods. Um, I do like it. It's um, not sweet at all to me. It's got kind of a dry finish, um, a nice fruity um, and floral taste and nose. I think it's great. Um, not, you know, is it, is it complex? It's, it's, it comes from um did he say Pinot Noir? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yes. So it comes from Pinot Noir. I don't expect it to be um, hugely complex, and it's pretty perfect for me. I think it's it's a pretty easy drinking Brut Rosé um, meant for all celebrations, I think. <laughs> Avery, what about you? I would definitely agree. I enjoy how dry this wine is. I am not a sweet wine lover. Um, so to have a kind of bubbly drink that is drier on the drier side is definitely a bonus for me. It smells absolutely fantastic. The moment you open it up, you can smell it. We had it sitting on our desk and it was away from me and I could, it was throwing scent at me and it smelled so wonderful and juicy and I loved it. I think this is the perfect um, New Year's wine. It's the perfect, I mean, really, truly all around. We opened it Christmas Eve, was it, with with my family, and it was fantastic. It was gone in in two seconds uh, because everybody loved it so much. So, and it was, we have wine drinkers across the board, sweet and super dry in my family, and everyone enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, this is a very versatile wine. Uh, we, we poured it tonight. It's probably not as cold as we've had it in the past, um, which actually allows us to taste more of the the nuanced flavors in here, and I really enjoy it. Um, 
to Christina's point, I I don't know of many um, like hearty meals that I would pair this with. Like if it has any sort of red meat or pork to the meal, I probably wouldn't go with this wine. Um, but poolside, yes, please. Um, I could even see pairing sweeter um, like fruit dishes, either uh, some jams on bread, like sweet jams on bread would be nice with this. Uh, bringing out some of the fruity flavors in this wine. Um, I mean throw some cheese in here. I'm, I'm always down with this. Uh, but overall it's just a, uh, a wonderfully round, um, uh, like drinking experience. There's, there's nothing bad, uh, to say here. And to Christina's point, like we've, we've had several, several, uh, occasions, experiences, uh, opportunities to enjoy this wine. And, uh, they're always met with, uh, good friend, you know, good friends around. So uh, this wine holds a, a good place in our heart. Uh, so it makes it easy to love. Like how, uh, Avery said, throwing scent at me. I totally agree. I'm over here just smelling. It's like a candle. It yeah, is. it yeah. is. It's like one of those like, uh, little room diffusers or whatever. You're just like, yeah. where's that coming from? Oh, it's the glass of wine. that's just yep. breathing, yeah. living its best life over here. Yeah, it smells fantastic. Francois, do you have any uh, tasting notes that you'd like to share with us that you picked up? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's very, like, berry forward. Like, I get a lot of strawberry, get some watermelon, too. Probably the predominant flavors to me. Like I said, the most pleasant thing is how muted the bubbles are. Right. Like, I like that you're not, you're not getting smacked in the face with a bunch of champagne, sparkle, and I quite like that. So... I mean, other than that, it's it's just a really solid wine. It, it, you can serve it super cold. I, I like it kind of that, I guess, if you were to consider super cold, like 35, 37 Fahrenheit. I like it more around that 40 to 45, not quite so cold. That's probably, I think you get a lot more flavor. That's probably where we're drinking it tonight, um, yeah. is in the mid-40s. Mm-hmm. I just like the flavor that comes out then. It's not quite so, you know... So a little bit more full body. It gives it complexity. It does. It does. Well, Francois, if we like this wine, where can we find it? Well, as always, Brian, um, if you like the wine, if you like the episode, if you like the cast so far, be sure to join SA Wino's Wine Club. We're a monthly wine club. You obviously have the option of joining semi-monthly, quarterly. Is it bi-monthly or semi-monthly? I think it's semi-monthly. Isn't it semi? Bi-monthly. Bi-monthly? Bi-monthly. Okay. Yeah, it's always, you know, yeah. ESL. All right. So uh, bi-monthly, uh, you'll have the opportunity to get wines uh, quarterly as well. So you don't have to commit to, you know, a wine shipping every three to four weeks. If you are in the Austin area, uh, do come to the warehouse. Uh, we're located on Nutty Brown in South Austin. Uh, and again, if you're interested, go to sawinos.com. You can sign up for the club. Uh, you'll find our address on there as well, contact information. You'll be able to order all these wines on there as well. That's really it. So thanks, everyone, for joining. Uh, this is episode one of season two, which is our, no, March <laughs> Wine Club uh, Wines of the Month. So uh, we'll see you on the next one.